the far post. No, this is not the dulcet tones of Marissa Lordanic. Unfortunately, you get the Audi version today, ah, Angela. Um, Marissa is off doing something very exciting that she hasn't announced on social media yet, so I won't take that 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 thunder from her. But we're all just yeah, very. It's it's a great reason that she can't make the pod today. Uh, Marissa actually did announce it herself in between recording today and me editing right now. So I'm just popping in. Um, for those who missed it, Marissa is starting a new role at ESPN as assistant editor. <laughs> oh, God, that's it's quite late. I probably shouldn't be yelling that loud. Anyway, you know what? It doesn't matter. Marissa deserves it. Um, so, yes, absolutely wonderful stuff. We're so proud of her. She couldn't make it to the record today because she was doing her first job. And as everyone knows, the first day at a new job, your brain essentially goes to mush. So love love her, love that. And um, I will now return to the actual pod. All right. Yes, today we will be breaking down the Women's World Cup draw with, a, of course, a particular focus on the Matildas and um, their opponents that have been locked in. Before we get stuck into it, um, we would like to acknowledge that we're recording from the lands of the Gadigal and Wurundjeri people today and extend our respect to elders both past and present. Uh, yes, exciting times. We will be jumping right into uh, the Women's World Cup draw, which happened on Saturday night and chatting all things Matilda's opponents. Australia will be playing in Group B, first up Republic of Ireland um, in the opening game. Uh, that'll be in at Sydney or in Sydney, at Sydney. Um, then we've got Nigeria at Brisbane, in Brisbane. I'll have to, I'll figure it out for the last one. And then we've got Canada to round out the group stage in Melbourne. I'm glad you knew that one. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yes, all in all, Group B, we've got Australia, Nigeria, uh, Canada and Ireland. And I, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I, I don't it's not too bad. It's not too shabby. It's actually, it, it, this is going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, and uh, Sam, whoever's feeling most most excited, maybe you can give me a rundown on how you felt when you saw those names go up on the big screen to the draw on Saturday night. It's funny, I was saying to Sam actually pre-record, I think as the names come out, you have a very dramatic reaction. <laughs> and then <laughs> once you actually take a step back and look at it all, yeah, you simmer down a bit. Like I think watching the draw, you go, Canada, oh, <laughs> like that's the one we were one of the ones we didn't want, <laughs> but at least it, yeah, there's that was one we didn't want, but I think we didn't want the Netherlands more, for example. Republic of Ireland that came through, and I was like, yeah, I know we lost them, but we can beat them. That's fine. It's fine. Like it's pretty standard um, opponent. I was saying to Sam before this, <laughs> um, I was with friends of the pod, uh, Joey Lynch and Nick Dubano in the press box, and we we're watching, we we're like, Costa Rica, that sounds good. And then, uh, had to work our little brains and remember that because we had Canada in our group already, <laughs> they couldn't be in there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Nigeria popped up, which I think when you were looking um, at some of the options, that was one of the least favourable ones from that for that last pot. Um, Zambia obviously went in the next um, pot to, to Group C. But, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, my initial reaction is difficult, but it's not an insurmountable one. Like it's... It's challenging. Um, Canada are obviously Olympic champions. They beat us twice over here, albeit I think the Matildas probably should have won at least one of those games and had that monumental collapse and bad vibes, and we don't need to go into that. Um, Ireland 
beat the Matildas as well, but that was one of the, the worst performances I think I've seen from them. Yeah. It was just Sam and I on that, that post-match presser that, that day. It was very early oh, in the boy. morning. We didn't have a good time. Oh, um, and Nigeria, we, we know they're a good team. They're a skillful team. Um, you've got an Oshuala there who's obviously, we, we know her quality. Like There's some really good players there. But, yeah, I think it's one of those groups where it, it's tricky. But I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a group of death or a nightmare group like I've seen yeah. a few people throw around. Um, yeah. 2015 was a group of death. <laughs> that was the USA, Sweden and Nigeria. That's a group of death. That's a really tough group. And the Matildas managed to get out of that one. Yeah. So this is a tough group. Um, yeah, could it have been easier? Yeah, of course it could have been. Of course we could have seen a, a dream draw for Australia and you know, when you're doing all the permutations, you go, oh, I'd love this and this and maybe a qualifier like a Chile or someone. But things don't work out that way. And at the end of the end of the day, dodged a double European opposition, um, which was big. Uh, you, you have to play someone and you usually have to play someone good. So, yeah, for me, um, tough. But it's a sort of group where the Matildas should be backing themselves to top the group and certainly to win at least two games and finish in the top two. If they're not backing themselves to do that, what are they there for, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, that was my vibe as well. I was like, <clears throat> when we found out all the different teams would be playing against, I was kind of like, all right. Like, it wasn't like an, oh, shit. It was a, we we can probably do this. Like, we, I think a big reason for my reaction maybe is because we – are very familiar with these teams. We've played two of them in the last 18 months. We know exactly what they're about. And aside from some crappy performances in a particular point of time, I thought that like they're not absolutely overwhelmingly incredible opponents, really. Um, Nigeria is probably the only big question mark, only because we haven't played against them for a while, since 2015. Um, And yet, you know, we pretty comfortably beat South Africa who were the AFCON champions and South Africa beat Nigeria. So it's like, it's like, I, I, yeah, like what I was just like a little bit baffled as to why their response was nightmare group. Oh, material, you know, it's like, we get, but really, if you sort of like actually think back to the games that we played against all these nations in the past, you know, that game against the Republic of Ireland was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And I, I just remember sitting there watching and be like, is this really happening? Is this like, like none of the players had a good game that day. And it was early doors as well under Tony. Nothing, just nothing clicked. Nothing felt right. I don't think we're going to be playing that way again, particularly not against an opposition who we know the way that they play now. We know their style. We know the kinds of players they've got on the park. We know who their key players are in particular. And similar to Canada, you know, that the first half of that second game against Canada here in um, here on home soil was some of the best football that the Matildas have played under Tony, you know? It's just, yeah, it was just that second half collapse and Adriana Leon being a beast. So it's like, we can, like, we've got glimpses enough, I think, to be able to be fairly confident that we could finish at least in the top two but the thing that sort of concerns me a little bit is like where in the top two are we going to finish because if we finish second we're almost definitely going to be coming up against England in the round of 16 and you know it wouldn't be a catastrophe if we were to bow out to the European champions and a team who is like probably favorites now to actually win the Women's World Cup after they defeated the USA in a friendly recently so it's like, well, if we lose to the best team in the world, is that really going to be such a bad thing? Exactly. When you look at it like that, Sam, it's 
you wouldn't be dishonoring yourself if you go out that way. Of course, you finish top of you that group. Am I right in saying probably playing Denmark or China, right? Um, Unless the Group B playoff winner, which is going to be one of um, Chile, Haiti or Senegal, pulls off a miracle. Could you imagine my household if that happened? You imagine. Oh, don't think we need to. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, exactly, Sam. Just (laughs) you talking about Ireland just made me remember how bad it was. Like I don't think that that many people necessarily watched it to – realize just how bad a performance that was like it was awful it was so bad it was like, also i think very Chloe early Legato, morning from what i can remember it was early in the morning and we yeah. were like this <laughs> on the um the zoom with poor tony tony <laughs> was furious as and well. to, it was it was clearly like nothing went right i remember it was sam kerr's 100th game yeah. i think everyone was filthy because a lot well a lot of her mates weren't playing it was quite a inexperienced team but it felt like a game where they sort of went out almost a bit complacent like we've had the hard ones and this should be the easy kill was the vibe that came off that and it just did not go to plan at all right Mm. like it just they got done and then once they actually sort of maybe kicked themselves up the ass a bit they fired a few shots late and obviously we saw Mary Fowler do a bit yeah it was was just a dirty night all round I think because of Chloe Legazzo doing a knee and Mm. everything going badly Sam Kerr getting to not really getting to celebrate her milestone game. So I think it's one that they would hope to write off as a, as a blip. Um, it was interesting though, seeing um, what uh, my colleague Ben, Ben from AAP actually, and he's a good friend of the pod, obviously um, reported that Vera, the coach of Ireland actually pointed to that as maybe one of the little turning points for them in terms of their qualification journey, like mm. a bit of belief, you know, backs to the wall, weren't expected to win. It was, she basically said, they're better than us, but we beat them. And mm. that sort of seemed to be the theme all the way through them qualifying. And we saw them obviously um, knock over Scotland there to, to seal their spot. But yeah, same with Canada, as you said, Sam, like Matildas were in and up to their eyeballs, especially in that second game. And you can only learn from those games and take out a lot from them. And as you say, Adriana Leon was fantastic. You expect to see a stronger defence as well for the Matildas compared to what we saw that game. You would expect Ellie Carpenter to be back, Steph Catley to be up and firing. Like, that, you know, and I'm sure they'll have some changes as well. Like, I know Canada played a very different team to what they would at full strength as well. Like, Kadisha Buchanan was one of those big names out for them. So, it's going to be a a different ball game. But, you know, the good thing is it's going to be pumping. These games are are going to be in front of a parochial Australian crowd, you'd think, um, unless every Irish backpacker in Sydney rocks up. And <laughs> fuck me, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that first game. But I, th- I think the other thing as well is um, you can look at it one or two ways. Canada is the third game. So if you can bank six points from the opening two game, you, you can go into that third one going, we can win the group, right? Yeah. Um, the pressure piles on if the Matildas stuff up in either of those two games. Um, but that's just how it rolls. The I guess the difficult thing with this group is there isn't really a room for error. It's kind of a little bit like the Olympics in that you don't have a gimme game. Like you're not playing a real minnow where you're like, you could probably bank this and, and rest yeah, the players. But you know what? Look at, of, yeah. But look at the Asian Cup. <laughs> they got one of those games where they slammed home a bunch of goals and then went out of that tournament early anyway. So you, you back yourself to improve as the group stage goes on and then it's all in the line in that last game is what you'd hope. Yeah, I guess when you were talking about like the opening game and the the level of opponent, I just thought about like the Euros and England coming out to a packed 
Old Trafford are getting that. It was a very deserved win for them. Obviously, they went on to win the whole thing, but it was a little bit like that, that situation can be a little bit nerve-wracking, I assume, for players as well. So um, even though there is sure to be an absolutely insane crowd at that that game, I yes, it could be interesting. And I'm also wary that Ireland are really coming into their own. Um, they... The, I mean, it's been a bit of a fairy tale for them in terms of qualifying for the tournament. They beat Scotland 1-0 last week or the week before, and that was what secured their, their qualification. But it was a real, I guess, underdog story for them, and they've come into this winning streak after playing us and beating us. So maybe we have only ourselves to blame for that. Um, and, yeah, I feel like they're going to be a bit of a dark horse this tournament. So just... I don't think they should be underestimated. I think maybe because they weren't at the Euros, folks haven't been thinking so much about them in the context of the World Cup but or, you know, on the international stage, but they are doing really well. They drew one all with Sweden recently. Like, they're not shabby. Um, and, yeah, of course we know what Canada can do. Um, I had another thought I forgot. Oh, also shout out to a friend of the pod, Kathleen. We're so excited to have you. Um, but also we will not be friends on that particular night. Uh, <laughs> um, important thing to keep in mind, like even though we say yes, Ireland have gone on this, it's a, it's largely a winning streak, but they did actually lose in that period as well after they defeated us twice. Um the kinds of teams who they did defeat are also a bit, yeah. You know, like Georgia, Poland, Finland, you know, like they're not like amazing, amazing teams. And aside from absolutely ripper scorelines, there's like an 11 nil, there's a nine nil, almost all of their wins have been by a single goal. So, you know, it's, it's there for the taking. Like it'll be a tight game. Absolutely. It's going to be a really tight game. And Ireland are going to come in with that kind of, I'm reminded of um, like the Michael Sheen speech about Wales that went viral a couple of weeks ago about the Men's World Cup. I'm reminded of that kind of spirit of this team. Like this is a this is a, a, a sort of historic moment for the Republic of Ireland and women's football in that country. And they'll probably be carrying a lot of that energy in with them. And so that's, I think, the thing that the Matildas are going to have to try and counter just as much as they need to counter the football is the energy and the passion and the spirit of the players and how they're going to be embodying all of that when they go out on the field. Cause that's often that's where things like a home crowd can actually <laughs> like seriously sway a game. And I think it's worth remembering with Ireland as well. It was only a, shoot, a few short years ago that they were paying for their own uniforms and there was a big uproar about that. They were, not really well treated at all so they've come so far and mm. this is sort of the the culmination of that <clears throat> I mean the big thing is midfield's got to be on I can say that pretty confidently about nine months out from this tournament Denise O'Sullivan's a gun like we yeah. saw that in that other game you've got to got to deal with her and obviously Katie McCabe on the left as well and Players like Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley are clearly obviously well aware of what she can do as as a current club teammate but yeah, this is where you, this is where your um your home crowd should be worth its weight in gold. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting. I um I don't have the stats, but the Matildas haven't really, by that New Zealand series, actually done that well in front of the home crowd. That's been all in their favour. Um, in terms of recent trips home, so it's going to be, <laughs> Angela. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, but you have to think it's going to give the lift that you want, the lift that you need, and hopefully it can prove the difference in, in some of these games. But I'm excited. I, I think this is the thing we're saying in our sort of uh, group chat of mates that all went to France where it was, World Cups are awesome. And I'm so excited that so many people are going to get to experience it and are going to get to enjoy Women's World Cup and have all these really cool games. Like I think we've got Jamaica, Brazil in Melbourne, for example, and people who've bought the ticket packs. Individual tickets go on sale tomorrow, I believe, or this will probably be today. They go on oh, sale Tuesday the 25th that. of October. Individual match tickets were due to go on sale. So if you listen to this and you haven't bought your tickets, then I'll probably get on to that. Mm. But it's really exciting. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really the opportunity of a lifetime. And the one thing I do hope is that um, – the Australian crowd has really nailed it by then. Got to be hostile at the right moments. Got to be, you know, overwhelming support at the right moments. Can't be getting out sung at our own home World Cup. That's the that's the big thing for me too. I think it was Marissa who said it in the group chat as well. In terms of like opponent fan bases, this is a spectacular group to be in. Like these games are going to be really, really fun. The other thing, this is the thought that left my head earlier and probably it should have stayed out of my head. I was thinking about, I was like, the group of death nightmare thing. I was like, it feels dramatic. And I'm saying that as someone who has a lot of anxiety. Um, But it is kind of like, if you imagine, like this is like the Matildas running into like Ireland at the, the local IGA on a milk run. Like it would be like the group of awkward, you know? It's just like you wouldn't be able to walk past those opponents necessarily with your head held high at this current point of time, but like it's we've got a World Cup to prove our worth and to to beat them. And redemption, the group yeah, of redemption. redemption. This is yes, exactly. This is the thing. This is exactly the group of redemption. And there are so many storylines that we can pull from this. Like I'm even just thinking about the Republic of Ireland game, the redemption story of a Chloe Lagaza or a Sam Kerr finally getting the milestone that she always wanted for a hundred that she wasn't, she didn't get in that particular. Like all that stuff is going to make these games have so many layers to it and so much more feeling and so much more passion and fire to them than I think maybe if we hadn't been in these kinds of groups. And I like, I think to, I think to England and the way that they navigated the Euros, like they didn't really come up against any minnow opponents like Austria, maybe, but as we saw, they weren't particular minnows in the end, but they, they carried themselves through that with such, belief in themselves and every game that they played they got better and that belief grew and they became stronger as a result of coming up against those kinds of teams and proving to themselves that they could do it and like wouldn't that just be the ultimate thing to get for the Matildas to to navigate a group like this where it's really pretty even, where every team can probably beat every other team depending on the day. Being able to get out of that, get into a position where you can potentially beat a team like in England or if we finish first, Denmark or China, two nations who we also have history against, and then being able to, like, push ourselves through the knockouts and and find a way to, to get to a stage that we've never got to before. Like, that's what... The potential of this is so exciting. I don't want to pump it up too much, but it's like, like we we can. I think we can do it. Like I and I don't just say it as a fan, but I actually genuinely believe that this team can 
can do this and maybe it's just because of the sort of the overwhelming sort of pessimism of a lot of people over the last 18 months under Tony but like the signs that we've seen over the last couple of games have been pretty promising and I think if we're able to use the next couple of windows to string some serious performances together with our strongest possible team you know I think we could actually set up a really good really positive run into July and take that kind of momentum into the tournament. That's it. You got to peak at the right time, hey Sam. Exactly. Like, and they should be backing themselves. I think I said in my initial sort of spiel, like you have to be backing yourselves to vie with Canada for top spot in that group and back yourselves on home soil that you can actually take top spot. And they shouldn't even really be considering that they're not going to finish in the top two. Like, yeah. But like obviously that's a possibility. Like I'm not, you know, not naive, but you have to be backing yourselves. Like. You know, Ireland will be backing themselves. Nigeria will be backing themselves. Canada will be backing themselves. The Matildas have got to back themselves. Like it's yeah. a World Cup. You know, it's they come every four years. You you got to dream and you got to back yourself and you got to go all out. Like, and you know, if there's one thing we can take from that Olympics run is they'll be ready to go all out. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And what I don't think we'll see if uh, Australia and Canada are tied on six points heading into that um, that final group game is what we saw against the USA where they were pretty much playing for a scoreless draw because, as we've said, you'd prefer not to be playing England in that next round if you, if you don't have to. Um, so it's going to be exciting. There's going to be teams playing to win. It should be exciting football. It should be great crowds, ticket sales. Uh, I think on the first day of the pre-sale, outsold the whole first week of sales for France. Um, mm. So clearly it's, yeah, it's going to be a big occasion and they've got to back themselves to rise to it. Well, before we wrap up our chat about uh, Matilda's games, I just did want to do another quick shout out to a listener of the pod, Carl, who sent a super in-depth, super long email back in August ahead of the Canada friendlies with heaps of information and context and background about Canada. Um, He sent that off his own bat and we really, really appreciate it. And I'm sorry that me and Marissa didn't reply. We're the ones with the email login, Um, but uh, just getting a real quick thank you in super late. Um, And that will, that information will absolutely come in handy now. It's, it's, so thank you for that. Um, anyway, so of course, there's we're not the only group in the World Cup. There's there's we're not? Of, we're not. We're not. There's actually no. gonna be other games. I was led to believe it was just that. Um so maybe we we'll, we'll go through any other matchups that you are super, super keen on. Um yes. I knew a couple stood out for me as we we the draw rolled through the other night. USA, Netherlands. USA, Netherlands. USA, Netherlands. Bring World Cup final rematch. Netherlands with the all-time slide down the rankings to end up in the same pot yeah. as the world champions. Shame it's in New Zealand. Um, our apologies to New Zealand. We'll have to deal with the influx of wonderful, charming Americans who will <laughs> plug up room in front of, at the top of, at the bottom of escalators, <laughs> stand in front of doors, generally regroup all around the place. They're going to be regrouping. They're going to be regrouping. They're going to be everywhere. We love them. They're passionate. I think the Tasman might be a big enough body of water that we won't be able to hear, I believe, that we will win from Melbourne. (laughs) It might just be enough. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, my brain was thinking about the Netherlands bus and I was like, does that mean 
And then you said the Tasman and my brain immediately conjured the image of it just like flying across the ocean. <laughs> and I pulled up. Which is also, yes, Netherlands fans, that is that is, that will be a fantastic game. Very jealous. Off, yeah. Thank you once again, Melon, for knocking more shit off my desk. Okay. So USA Netherlands, definitely gonna be a big one. Any other games that you guys are looking at? You're like, <laughs> tasty matchup. Yeah, there, there are two games that I'm really, really excited about. The first is Japan against Spain Ooh, in like Group C. Techers. Two absolute techers teams. Two teams that are also really competitive at the youth level. Like over the course of under 17 and under 20s Women's World Cups, they tend to come up against each other quite regularly. Most recently, Spain beat Japan at the under 17s. Um, and it was, I think they came up against each other in the 20s. It was, yeah, so these two teams and what they are doing at youth level is so exciting. And so seeing some of those players come and crack into the senior team now, like this is, this feels like the kind of game which would be like, this is the next gen, especially in light of the whole Spain national team situation, mm. whether those players are going to be eligible for selection come next July I don't know so that's one game but the other game that I'm really looking forward to which I think was probably it was probably my favorite non-Matildas game from 2019 is France against Brazil I was just thinking that Sam rematches rematches rematches, rematches. and Brazil it, should have won that they should have won that that game was unfathomably good I was I remember sitting in my apartment in Paris and listening to my entire neighbourhood watching this game. It was incredible. It went to extra time. France 1-2-1. The Marta interview. The Marta interview, right? It's an iconic game. And so, and like the two, the two teams were just fucking fabulous as well. Such a good game of football. So I'm like, and similar sort of to Spain in that Brazil are starting to bring through this next mm. crop of players who are absolutely awesome. So France, Brazil, that's going to be an absolute ripper, I reckon. I'm excited for, I think I said earlier, Jamaica, Brazil in, in Melbourne. That would be fun. Like, I think at Amy Park. I think um, it's going to be great. Um, Jen, one thing that did disappoint me was Vietnam ended up in New Zealand, not Australia, because yeah. we've had a fantastic turnout. The, the Socceroos World Cup qualifier against Vietnam at Amy Park was absolutely pumping. Wild, and, you know, yeah. the community would have turned out for it. Um, yeah, there's a real mix, like... I think any of the ones where you get some really fun supporter bases, I mentioned Brazil before. We saw what they were like when the Matildas were here. Um, yeah. Obviously, my partner's Chilean, so I'm hoping that Chile can make it through as one of the qualifiers, um, and that should be some pretty spicy stuff. England-Denmark should be interesting. England should be should be too good there. The crowd for England-China should actually be good as well. Mm. Like You should have a couple of really good supporter bases there. Based off the Women's Basketball yeah, World Cup that we fun. went to, yeah, God, the China fans absolutely got out for that Chinese women's team. So I can definitely anticipate it happening for the for the football as well. Switzerland, Norway should also probably be pretty good. Like if Norway can get their act mm. together and figure out what the hell has happened over the last 12 months. Like Switzerland, they're a pretty good team. They're a pretty solid team. They remind me of Austria. They're really, I think, underestimated. Organized. Really organised. Yeah, they've got a couple a really of good weapons. Player. Yeah. And Norway, I mean, Norway is Norway, right? Like you've got some of the best players in the world playing for Norway. I, so that could be a really good collision, I reckon. I reckon Norway are going to come out breathing fire at this World Cup because, well, if I was them at least, I'd be so pissed off so after pissed that off. Euros. Yeah. Like that was humiliating, it especially was. the England game. Like for such a highly rated team to bomb out of a tournament where they would have been backing themselves to at least get to the final four, 
they will come out breathing fire. Um, yeah. New Zealand obviously played them first. That group actually really intrigues me. I think it's uh, really it's poised in a really interesting way because I think all four teams will actually back themselves to try and qualify from it. Like, yeah, I'm not saying it's necessarily even, but you know, we saw how well organized and well drilled under under Alan Stadich the Philippines are. Um, I think they'd be pretty happy to end up in this group. New Zealand it's a really good opportunity for them to actually get out of the group stages. Obviously mm. all the lines about home support and that tie into this, but they've really dodged a bullet in terms of not getting a Canada or a Netherlands. Um, yeah. And then, as you said, Sam, Switzerland really organized. Um, they've got a couple of good weapons and Norway, we know what they can do. So it's actually a really interesting group. I think it's poised in a really interesting way. So I'm going to be excited to see how that group plays out. Um. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's so many good games. Um, things like Italy, Argentina. Like, see how Argentina and had a really good copper. Um, and then when you look at Group H as well, Colombia had a strong copper. Like that's how they qualify through their Copa America. So I'm going to be really interested to see how Argentina go in Group G because we saw them play the Matildas a few years ago and they clearly weren't at that level. But you know, football's come a long way. And Colombia. Um, talking to uh, Juan from SBS, who is in the press box in Melbourne. He's from Chile. He's been following it quite closely. He said Colombia is actually the team that's really sort of streaked ahead in terms of their investment in the women's game in South America, which is why they've managed to to kick on and qualify directly ahead of, say, Chile. So I'll be interested to see if they can cause any headaches in Group H, which, you know, you look at it and you go Germany and, and South Korea, which I think will be a good and interesting game as well should go through as one and two, but can Colombia in particular cause some headaches? I'm going to be really intrigued. Big Colombian population over here as well. So it's just so good. I'm so excited. I'm just like, you know, like I, I the Matildas are like one part of this, but it's like the whole, like now that we're seeing it, now that we're seeing all of the teams, we're seeing all the groups, we're seeing the stadiums, we're seeing the days, just like this, this is going to be so much bigger than, what I feel like we've been focusing on for the last two years, you know, like it's starting to feel so real and I'm getting so excited about it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I reckon if you were, um, and I saw from us soccer Twitter, you know, like a uh, friend of the pod, Steph Young, for example, was saying that our group um, is the, the group of chaos. Like that's been yeah. the reaction. Everyone just wants to see how this group plays out. Um, and you never know necessarily want to be in that group where you don't know how things are going to play out. But I reckon as neutral, you'd be thriving watching any of these games. But, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. And it seems like the momentum is really built. People are up and about. Um, we'll get an indication of how ticket sales are going soon. And as I mentioned, there's so many countries here we got, um, who've got strong, like, uh, populations or communities within Australia or New Zealand. And you're also going to have so many European nations that you get the backpacker factor, the travel factor, as we talked about, the Yanks heading over over to New Zealand. It's, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great party. We've still got the three playoff winners to come. Um, I think I mentioned Group C where you're going to have Senegal and Haiti playoff and then the winner of that game will play Chile and uh, the winner from that Group B will go into Group D, which is pretty unenviable. You've got England, Denmark and China. Um but you know what? <laughs> You've got to be in it to win it. So one of Haiti, Senegal or Chile will be in Group D. Sam, hit us up with the other ones. Angela, I just talked about Chile, Senegal and Haiti. Well, one of them is going to end up in Group D. But who are the other countries that can still make this World Cup? 
Yes. So um, out of Cameroon, Portugal or Thailand, they could end up in Group E playing against, I personally would not want to be any of those countries. They will be in the group of the US, Vietnam and the Netherlands. So that if any of these are the group of death, I would say that one, terrifying. Um, and then we have in Group F, um, Chinese Taipei, Panama, Papua New Guinea or Paraguay playing off um, to compete against France, Jamaica and Brazil, which is also going to be a very competitive group. The Intercontinental Playoffs are happening from 17th of Feb to the 23rd of Feb in New Zealand. There was another very important thing that happened this past week that we haven't gotten to, but I think it's it's really important that we touch on. So there was another drop from FIFA. They announced the mascot for the World Cup. So we have Penguin Tazuni. She is based off a species that is lives on both sides of the Tasman. And, uh, yeah, she apparently she's a 15-year-old midfielder. I don't know if that's really old for a penguin. That feels like she's meant to be a teenager, but I feel like they would be decrepit at that age. Anyway, who's still Is it like involved, dog years? I don't know. What, what's the, Surely what's it's going to be like penguin, penguin years. years. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon so. so she's like actually, Etty. Like Etty couldn't have been <laughs> the age she was and been a bird. <laughs> no, but once again, good ridiculous. age. <laughs> yes. So another another, another bird. chicks for the World Cup. Very exciting. Um, also bird for the birds. Yeah, well, on that right. note, blue hair. Not it just blue been... hair. It's a blue mohawk. It's a, a blue, blue mo. I am fully on board the Tazuni is queer train. I don't know about anyone else listening to this, but I look at that and I'm like, yeah. Yes. Well, yes, a nod, a nod to Woso's uh, beautiful communities there with the with the hair choices. Um, yeah, so very excited. Did you guys have any final thoughts on Tazuni? <laughs> I feel like I, I, I kind of like I, I wonder about the rationale behind the, the pink. Like I can imagine them sitting in a boardroom and being like, all right give us a list of animals and we need to go down the list and we need to cross off the ones that don't overlap between the, the Venn diagram, the Venn diagram of the, of the perfect, of the perfect animal that, that both nations relate to somehow. And it feels like the penguin was probably the only one, even though there was a little bit of conjecture about whether the penguin was native to Friend Australia. Friend of the pod, Ben, really uh, went to town. Exploring he went to one. town. He went to town, which I I don't know what the outcome of that was, but obviously they're not going to change things now because they've just spent millions of dollars on branding. Um, I kind of like, I, I kind of wish there was two. I kind of wish it was like a Sid, Millie and Ollie type of, thing like we had at the one olympics Kiwi one and one yeah that would have been one. kind of fun and it could have like sort of fed into like a bit of more of a rivalry and all that sort of stuff narrative they could have done know. a fight yeah what will win between a new zealand penguin and an australian penguin uh, which the terrain, the terrain get is... the honor of hosting that fight as well which esteemed establishment. A, I, I, the terrain I... is the sydney harbour bridge <laughs> And it's like Super Smash Brothers and you have to like bounce around like all the, anyway, I like, why did you, why did they not go for like the two tall, the tall and short birds of each nation, the emu and the kiwi? I can fully imagine that being a thing, you know, it's just that one happens to have like Inspector Gadget legs. And the Would other... you rather fight an emu-sized kiwi or a kiwi-sized, kiwi-sized emu? emu? Oh my God. 
See, why didn't they consult us when they came up with the marketing stick for this? This is why Marissa normally hosts. <laughs> Angela's not intervening at all. <laughs> Enabler. <laughs> she was busy contemplating which one. I was. I, I would. I would definitely not want to fight the emu-sized kiwi. But again, would it be like the duck? Where it wouldn't be able to support itself because it's a little chunk, chunk, chunkers. They're little. They've got weird centers of gravity. Anyway, I think I think I should wrap it up. Anyway, this pod's uh, struggling to hold itself up now. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty yes. much everything no. for today. Um, we will obviously be chatting so much about the world cup over the next few months i did want to quickly mention i'm if you're anything like me this is spreadsheet season right and so there's some wonderful people out there who've put the games onto a spreadsheet and not on that fucking pdf that fifa have i cannot read that for the life of me anyway it's very beautiful but not practical for idiots like me and then there's also (laughs) someone who called Alison Gale who's done a schedule explorer which is like where you can plan out your stuff as Anna said earlier um, visa pre-sale happens tomorrow uh, 11 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time and then there'll be a general sales for individual tickets as well after that I think after a week so make sure you've got your credit card debit cards fee for accounts ready um and of course, we have some friendlies coming up. We have uh, the Matildas playing Sweden in Melbourne and Thailand in Gosford in uh, early November, I believe. So it's going to be is it, is it early November? mid November, twelfth and the seventeenth, I think. Florence, yeah. Melbourne. Hmm. We talking about the Tillies? Yeah. Yeah. One of the games in Melbourne. Ah. As we can see, everyone is. Uh, transfixed by my outro so on that note <laughs> we're gonna wrap things up we'll, we'll chat to you soon but uh no i'm not gonna attempt to do the seniors uh i don't i know I, I will not stick the landing but we will we will talk soon all right goodbye everyone why do we wave why do we wave? <laughs>